Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Carrie Thomas. And boy, work has been busy. So, you know, the big boss, Maro, he's been hounding me. He's looking for ways that we can, like, circumvent the reserve list. And I just haven't come up with anything, so I figured I could do, like, a shout-out on this podcast. Um, if you have any ideas for how to circumvent the reserve list, just at me. My at's J13X on Twitter. Sweet Jesus. Just send me some recommendations, because I'm always looking for ways. I gotta I gotta report it to the big boss. So... <laughs> Yours, your your handle is like too long now for me to spell out on the air. Beaches cease, and I'm gonna change it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today in our podcast, we're gonna talk about obscure planes and obscure planeswalkers. So we'll talk a little bit about what qualifies as obscure in these categories. But there's 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 a lot of thought that goes into some of these things, especially from early magic. Uh, rather divergent lore being told by several different sources with no real central control. It was the wild, wild west of magic fiction. So up, honestly, up until about two months ago, Kaldheim would have been on this list. Uh, it was first referenced in a plane chase card called Skybreen, uh, which was then visited in Duels of the Planeswalkers 2014. <laughs> which we'll get into in a few minutes, uh, with a Planeswalker who's going to be on this, uh, on our Obscure Planeswalkers list. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 kind of fun to mention that for this, because all of these planes are obscure until they're not, right? Like, if, if there's a, a good reason to go to one of these planes, like, for instance, that we're finally doing Viking World, uh, it's, let's hit Kaldheim. All of a sudden, Kaldheim is a plane. I know I told you guys this in the Vorthos cast Twitter DMs, but I was so happy we finally got a Kaldheim set because there have been so many fake Kaldheim like leaks that people had made in oh the past God. where they're like, oh, this set's coming up and it's Kaldheim. And it was like pretty blatantly the Kaldheim logo that they use in the Duels of the Planeswalkers game. <laughs> it's like they would have <laughs> redesigned it. Yeah, it's been it's been seven or eight years now, so. Every once in a while, someone discovered that Duels of the Planeswalkers had a logo for Kaldheim. <laughs> they try and pass it off. Uh, yeah. But there's no fooling Carrie. Carrie is the one who fools. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Obscure Planes. So first I want to say this is not a, necessarily a complete list. Like, none of us have read everything. And even between us, we haven't had we haven't read everything to ever come out on Magic for name drops and things like that. Uh, but we have done a lot of research. Probably Speak for yourself. Yeah, Lorelai has not done any research outside of read like three stories. No, no, no. no. Speak for yourself on the not having read. Ever. <laughs> I've read literally everything ever published on anything in Magic. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> A Lorelai. L- has read some things that the rest of us have not, though, so that's a very valuable. I love Distant Planes so much. Outside of someone like uh, Biren Boer, who is a magic, uh, a certified magic historian, uh, and maybe poor Ethan Fleischer, who like reread everything early on <laughs> to, for for a return to Dominaria. Ethan has a. A collection of every physical story ever printed for magic. That's obscene. It's it's pretty neat. Uh, so with that out of the way, let's talk. 
So there are, at this point, over 75 named planes in Magic the Gathering, only about 30 of which have been settings for actual Magic products. So if it's been a setting for an actual Magic product, we're not going to talk about it today. So that's things like Vryn, because it was in Magic Origins, or Sarah's Realm, because it was in Urza's Saga, Wrath, we're not talking about any of those today. Uh, what we're talking about things that have not been the focal point of a set. Uh, there's some wiggle room here because we'll we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like everything that it's it's weird because if it's like a one-off card or a two-off card in a set, uh, it can count here. So let's get started. So early on in Magic, there is a famous story from one of the early Magic rule books. I think it was the Alpha rule book. Uh, called Rorica's Tale. And in it, there's a battle between two planeswalkers, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, but they name-check two planes, a plane called Cabrillon and a plane called Ergamon. These planes don't actually appear anywhere else. They're just kind of name-checked, and that'll be a theme for most of these. Uh, but what's cool about Cabrillon is in the... Um, Children of the Nameless short story, Davriel mentions that he has been to Cabrillon. So Davriel has visited quite a few old-school magic planes, presumably because Brandon Sanderson was a big fan of magic lore back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we also have, these aren't necessarily going to be in chron chronological order, uh, but Segovia uh, from, from Legends, the original Legends set, was mentioned on Segovian Leviathan and has popped up in magic here and there. Uh, it is a miniature plane at about 1 100th scale. Our April Fool's episode from 2018 or 2019, uh, we have like 17? a six, we have like a 17. I don't think we've been on the air that long. I don't know math. <laughs> we, we do have a, a feature on all the lore that currently existed on Segovia and we cover it in about 60 seconds, which is 1 100th of our usual episode. I, I believe it's 32. 32 seconds. I don't know. The whole episode is great. It's the best joke we've ever done. <laughs> we we haven't we topped it. It's so all early. been downhill since there. Yeah, honestly. Um, the Duelist mentions a bunch, and I'll let Carrie talk about these, because Carrie's been going back and researching the Duelist comics. Yeah, unsurprisingly, like most of the more recent Duelist magazines didn't have much new info, or much new info that wouldn't have been recorded elsewhere but some of the earlier issues um there's the infamous meslox challenge which is a two issue discontinued comic magic's official first comic um and it was featured in the duelist magazine and he is on the plane of Mirankar and then channels mana from the mountains of obsidius so there are two planes that get mentioned in that comic and as I said, existed for exactly two issues, so don't bother reading that story, I guess. 25 years ago. Yeah, it was written and illustrated by the magic artist Mark Poole. Obviously, probably didn't have a whole bunch of creative supervision. I remember I talked to him at a GP when I got him to sign my copy, and uh, he said, yeah, we had no idea what Planeswalkers were back then, and I'm like, cool. Like, obviously. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, obviously didn't have a real story outline if he wasn't getting past two issues. But um, the next one we had was Antasia, which is the one that actually kind of got picked up by the community at large. Um, it was a proto-plane chase game style that was introduced in a um, in Duelist number three. 
in a article called House Rules, and it was written by Sean Carnes. The issue is that Sean Carnes was part of the creative team by that point because he was also working as a liaison or in some similar role for the Armada comics. So he had the creative authority to just make his own plane for this game mode that he wanted to make. So he has a whole bunch of different locations that he flushes out on Antasia. They all have different static or triggered abilities that would be put on playing cards today. And it's not that deep of a world. It just has a whole bunch of lore that you would make up for an article that you're throwing into a Duelist magazine. But of course, like <laughs> once it's out there and once it was written by, I guess, a creative employee, you kind of get to inherit it into the canon, even though nobody's ever been to Antasia. Nobody would ever go to Antasia. Magic would never go to Antasia. Like, it's a useless world. But it exists, and that's what's important. <laughs> what doesn't exist is Torwin, which is in a very similar vein. but Not Lorwin. Torwin. Yes. It's spelled the exact same way, um, I believe, with T-O- Just a T. Uh, yeah, T-O-R-W-Y-N. It might be two ends. I cannot remember for the it, life of me. It's it's the masculine version of the plane. You know, because of all the T. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so this came from Jeff Fransman, who wrote a... Magic books were big at the time, and especially magic strategy books, and he called made a book called Single Card Strategies. And as part of his kind of descriptions of the cards and their abilities he'd made his own little flavor sections and all the flavor sections were lore pulled from a world of his own design which was called Torwin. it was a chapter of that book was reprinted into the duelist magazine and so that caused a little bit of confusion where people like came up in the online era and mentioned the plane and then everybody's like we don't know where you're pulling this from like of course it's bs so <laughs> it's in an official source but since it's not by jeff was never a wizard's employee since it's not by like wizard's staff it hasn't exactly been inherited i know beer and bower has posted recently about him pulling in the kitchen sink approach where just throw it in because it was technically printed in an official source but at the same time they're functionally similar torwin and antasia because we're never going to see them again it doesn't matter it's just a personal decision whether you want to keep them or not. Uh, around this time as well, we had the Armada comics. The Armada comics were surprisingly good at not inventing new planes. They invented a ton of planes walkers. <laughs> but basically, the Armada comics created a new continent on Dominaria that they could play in and do whatever they want. So most of them take place around there. Uh, but during the Ice Age comics, in Ice Age number three, I believe... Freya Lys has a duel with Tevishzat, and they duel through the Shard of Twelve Worlds, which are these twelve planes uh, that are alongside Dominaria that are locked in, uh, that planeswalkers can't leave this group of twelve or enter this group of twelve. Azoria is a island world from this plane, uh, from the Shard. At least from what we see of it. Although, like... Yeah, we... We see a little bit, yeah. It's complicated because, so, Tev like, Tevisat is attacking Freyalise with blue magic. And so she's like, okay, I'll just destroy all the islands. Then you can't draw blue mana from this world. So, like, maybe it's just all islands and Freyalise, like, raises an entire plane. I don't know. Regardless, I think this proves the point of why they did not introduce many new planes. <laughs> they didn't have <laughs> ideas for them. It was an island world. Like, what are you doing with it? I'm very surprised that it's only the one. 
make making new planes is hard now to be fair i haven't reread all of the armada comics just for this one but from the other research i was doing uh yeah most of them take place it's on... it's mostly just happens on literally the same island on dominaria yeah it's all just corridor so the last of these early magic stories that introduced new planes was the cursed land so the cursed land takes place on this island continent on a plane called Cridhi. That's really, I mean, I haven't read this book. <laughs> there are there are a lot of name checks in there uh, for Planeswalkers, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, but the only other plane that's mentioned is Ilke, I-L-C-A-E. Uh, and that's just briefly mentioned. We don't even learn any more about that plane either. So Cridhi has a whole book devoted to it that I doubt we're ever going to see it again, to be honest. Like, it's... It's just a place. There is one that um, I passed over in my read of the book because it's dry and boring and doesn't have anything to do with Planeswalkers except the very beginning and end. Um, that Beer and Bower on Multiverse and Review noted it's called the Seven Planes of Parnash. And it's like dungeon worlds that she had trapped um, the main character in because he's like a seeker. He's essentially like Planeswalkers assistant that's stranded on this world. He mentions it. He's the first person to record it. Like, it's just as much detail as the rest of them, where it's just mentioned once and then never again. This early era is usually referred to as pre-revision. The revision, we're not going to get into the the revision today. I don't think it's as big a deal as people at the time made it out to be. But basically, around the time of Mirage, Wizards of the Coast took over more direct story control internally. Rather than having a liaison who is probably just a designer or um, working with, you know, these different companies that were producing magic fiction, they brought it internally. And there was a serious creative team effort going on internally. Uh, not that there wasn't before, but it was mostly focused on art and world building. So Mirage introduced a plane called Wildfire, which is a jinn slash Ifrit, a vaguely Arab plane that connected to uh, Jamura. Uh, the novel Planeswalker introduced the oldest plane in the multiverse, Equilor. Uh, it also introduced the plane of Gastal, which is literally just a wasteland. Moag, which is just a farming plane. Um, and Vatraquaz, which was name-checked and no other explanation was given. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Moag, though, for showing up in Plane Chase. The novel, and Equilor, uh, Yes. The novel Bloodlines introduced a place called Coruscant, which may have been a plane or a region that Phyrexia invaded. Uh, and Davil, who was one of the first Evan, was the first Evancar of Wrath, uh, is originally from there. The Thran, uh, a planeswalker, takes Yogmoth on a tour of the multiverse, and they go to a plane called Pyrulia which is an inverted uh, sphere plane. So it's like the core of Mirrodin, the world, all the greenery and everything is on like the inside of this world, the spherical world around the sun in the center of the world. So it's like a, it's an inside out world, essentially. Uh, in Future Sight, they dropped uh, two potential future planes, uh, one of which people still uh, want <laughs> desperately. Uh, there's Iquitana, which is like this, aether plane that's vaguely underwater it's got like a undersea aesthetic but it's like a, a very ethere etheric plane is the best way to put it 
There's also uh, Muraganda, which is a prehistoric plane uh, that in Future Sight had a uh, Vanilla Matters theme, which I think has created a lot of resistance. But I think flavorfully this plane could happen again, even if mechanically Mark Rosewater has been saying for like 12 years it'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm amused that like we got like, oh, Vanilla Creatures Matter, Basic Lands Matter. And then the other card we've gotten from Muraganda, the Mimeoplasm, is like this really complicated group of copy effects and graveyard shenanigans and counters and stuff it's evolution <laughs> sure so um the co- uh, the web comic fuel for the fire uh introduced a plane called kephali which is this really authoritarian plane that had a infinite consortium cell uh and the dragon scroll that led to a whole lot of shenanigans in early magic history uh with the post mending walkers uh all, all started there uh, the novel Agents of Artifice mentioned a plane called Oranser that ha- also had a consortium cell. We never visit it. We never learned anything more about it. The novel Purifying Fire had a plane called Diridin, which we do visit. Uh, it's a plane where Gideon and Chandra are stuck uh, because a vampire had cast a veil over the plane that cut off everything but black mana. And so they had to defeat that plane's, uh, that vampire, which we've talked about in the past on this uh, show. Then we get into plane chase and promos, where the number of named planes kind of blows up even further. Oh. Uh, there's Arcos, uh, which is from the card Leith Lake, and it's sort of a proto-Theros. Uh, they ended up not being able to use the name, I believe, because of a Warcraft thing ended up was using the name. I don't remember what, but basically the, the creative for that was changed <laughs> to Theros. Yeah, Leith Lake was a reference to Greek mythology. There's Ear, I-R, which is from the card Turi Island. It's home to the Fomori, so there are a few cards that take place there, including Ruhan. Uh, We learn that from uh, some vague connections in the Plains of Plane Chase. You have to be paying attention to notice that the Fomori are from there. There's Vala, which is home to the Immersturm, which is not Kaldheim anymore, maybe? it's, It's not really clear. We probably won't find out till it it matters again uh i know ethan fleischer has said that he likes to think of it as um like vala the the subplane of kaldheim was like ejected and became its own plane from the world tree but um we won't know until it like matters again in the future until it probably won't or... ever matter that would yeah. be super cool if they gave the world tree to the ability to like hatch different planes so then we have Karsis, which is a plane from the card Mirrored Depths. We don't have any lore on that because this was a one of the promo cards uh, that came out with various sets after the original Plane Chase came out. Uh, so it wasn't in the Planes of Plane Chase article. There's Kinshala, uh, which is from the card Timber City. It's a vaguely Arab North African plane. Uh, the name is probably a play on the... Um, the the greeting inshallah and uh the word kin then there's also luvian which has gotten a reference lately uh <laughs> more recently from uh a planeswalker which we'll talk about in a moment uh and it is from the card celestine reef plane chase 2012 we have asgall belanon fabison kolbahan kinneth uh, and Xerix, and we know basically nothing about those planes. There wasn't an article that gave us more detail about any of those worlds. There was also Mongseng, uh, which was also kind of like Arcos was the Proto-Theros. Mongseng 
was the proto-Tarkir. So all the creative of Mongsang uh, was changed into Tarkir later. Uh, Theros Godsend Part 2 mentions a plane called Kodisha, which Elspeth references about uh, it's a world with an endless bazaar. Uh, the Spell Thief, the Dak Faden IDW comic, brings up two two new planes. Alkaba, which is basically just yet another vaguely Arab plane. Magic is Magic has a lot of vaguely Arab planes because they just they don't want to set it all back on Arabia, I guess. Um, and then there's also uh, Echoar or Echior. I have no idea how to pronounce this. Equire? Like half these planes. Acquire. All right, we'll go with Acquire. I don't know. The and that is home to a Titan Collector, basically a, a Magic's version of the Collector from Marvel Comics. Uh, Unstable takes place on a non-canonical plane called Bablovia. Whoa. And there's also hold up, it's not non-canonical. It's canonical in the Universe, not it, in yeah, the multiverse. Yeah, it is part of the Uncanon. Okay, just not okay. Magic Canon. Yes, that's fair. And then the we have the Abyss or Hell, oh, hold or the Nether Void. This is, I've gotten into a discussion with Ethan Fleischer about what the hell is up with hell in magic. Is it a realm of Dominaria? Is it a subplane attached to various other planes? Is it a single solitary plane that is known by different names across different worlds through the multiverse? Is Are there multiple hellish type planes with different na- names? Like, ah! Uh, none of what it's very hell? clear. A lot of these are <laughs> remnants from those, those really early magic stories, uh, and it's very unclear what the deal is with all these things. We almost didn't include these, uh, but we think it's worth talking about why some of this is like, is this a plane or not? So there is, what I will say is, there is an Ask Wizards from June 2005, where magic creative director Brady Dommermuth mentions that the abyss is a plane (laughs) so that's as close as we get uh what that means for hell and the nether void which have all kind of been lumped together vaguely associated who knows let's move on (laughs) oh modern horizons this is one of my favorites oh go Uh, for it for sogovi and angel we got uh, a flavor text plane which is not mentioned anywhere else called called Garganticar. If Segovia is the plane where everything is tiny, Garganticar is the place where everything is giant. And so little Segovian angels can fight Garganticari nat- uh, mosquitoes? Gnats? Flies? I don't remember what the bug Something is. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's cute. In Core 2019, we got Scala, Vivian's destroyed home plane. Uh, in War of the Spark Ravnica, we got Gobacon, Teo Verada's home plane, home to Diamond Storms. Uh, and plumbing. And otherwise very desert... Lo- and pl- <laughs> no, not and plumbing. No plumbing. It was yeah. a whole story point. <laughs> it must have been an important story point because Teo doesn't shut up about plumbing in that book. <laughs> this is also... This is a desert world. It's not necessarily a vaguely Arabic desert world like some of Magic's others. It's really it non-specific. A- it's a desert. It has oases and there are diamond storms, but that's all we really know about it. And then in War of the Spark... Forsaken, uh, we get Tolvada, which is Kaya's home plane, uh, and there's something wrong with the sky there that she refers to as the broken sky, and we have not learned any really any more about it yet. All right, so that's it for the planes. We just went through like 45 planes in 25 minutes. What what about Dominia? Uh, 
shush. Dominia was the old name for the... Uh, it's it's another one of those things where it was like it was used interchangeably to mean dominaria sometimes sometimes it meant the multiverse and they ended up just getting rid of it altogether dominia is one of those things that gets mentioned when you're just like trying to grief somebody like or um quest for karn i i literally only mention dominia to be uh to to just cause pain yeah, uh, <laughs> physical pain. Uh, important. My location in my Twitter bio is still listed as Dominia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's great. Uh, so Let's obscure talk about planeswalkers. planeswalkers. So obscure to qualify for this list, they ha- you have to be uh, either uncarded or non-canonical, which we'll, I'll get to the non-canonical ones in a second. You cannot be one of the nine titans or one of the very important planeswalkers from the Frexian invasion. Or the mending; those are those are too high profile. So Daria might be obscure, but she was a nine titan, and we've done like a whole episode just talking about them. Okay, so what about Parcher? Oh, I didn't include Parcher on here. Good. You know what? Good. <laughs> Honorary. Good. <laughs> Good. D- dude's too crazy to be included in this episode. <laughs> Got him. <Do> I... <laughs> <laughs> the the it, Parcher is kind of a joke character from. Um, from the invasion novel that who was going to be one of the nine Titans, but was too crazy even for those guys. All right. So the non-canonical planeswalkers, we have the playtest card Albion usurper of Luvian. So this is the other card that has uh, referenced Lu- the plane of Luvian. Uh, it is a playtest card. It is not canonical. Neither are the magic, uh, these special promotional cards, dungeon master or Inzerva. I don't care how cool Inzerva looks, Inzerva is not a canonical planeswalker in Magic Ooh. Lore. It is a it is like a promotional card to reward people internally, and I think it's a reference to uh, one of Wizards' other properties, like Dual Masters or something. I have a question. Yes. I assume, because of its absence from this list, you're saying the duck is canon? Mm. Oh, I forgot about the yep. duck. Yeah, the duck's canon. Same exact category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Allison Lurs told me so. The duck is canon, so we're going with it. Heard it here first, everybody. I lied. Allison didn't told me no such thing. I'm sorry, Allison, for taking your name in vain. Uh, so, other obscure planeswalkers. Uh, Rorica's Tale, that, that early, early magic story, has Warzel and Thommel. It's told by one of Warzel, uh, like Warzel's assistant mortal that she brings along with her rorica uh in rorzel's duel with thamel they're kind of the first named planeswalkers in magic they get name dropped on segovian angel where gargantic card gets name dropped too because yes it's, modern it's horizons very cute. was cool as hell and we did i can't wait for modern horizons too i'm excited to see what everyone came up with me too because i didn't work on it so it's all surprise <laughs> <laughs> Duelist Magazine, we mentioned Mezlock from Mezlock's Challenge. Mezlock's the weird, griffin-headed, tiger-bodied dude. Oh no, he's the rock star-looking dude. The weird, Oh, it's the different the, guy? Yeah, the other the other one's his assistant slash seeker. Oh, yeah. I the same exact role as Rorika. Yeah, exactly. Alright, and then Brand and Mindrel, who are from epi- uh, the issue two. Yeah, there's a story called Blur of the Dark that is just... It's really unexciting. It's literally just one of these planeswalkers. I think it's Brand dies because he harnesses the power of the dark spells. And that's how they were advertising the set was like, 
play these spells and you'll literally die. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. So the novel arena, uh, which some of you might know as the best and only magic novel ever written, uh, stars a character named uh, Garth One-Eye, who battles the lord of the arena, Kuthuman, uh, who are both, they, they both are revealed as planeswalkers near the end. Um, and Garth goes on to appear in other stories while Kuthuman is stripped of his spark and left on this uh, random plane. I don't remember if they named it or not. If it was it's pretty list. much his own, like, personal plane or whatever, so. Yeah, yeah. Then there's the Greensleeves trilogy. I'm not going to name them individually. Greensleeves is named after an Irish folk song. You might have seen Greensleeves in other fantasy media. It's not that uncommon a name to be to be used. She's briefly a planeswalker. She's on a promo card with almost no clothes. It's awkward. <laughs> there's another planeswalker named Cheney from the Greensleeves trilogy. Uh, there, there may be more that I missed, but it's it, these are also fall into that weird who is a planeswalker and who isn't. Like if they don't travel between planes and they don't name the thing, the name the word planeswalker, are they a planeswalker? Answer is probably no. I, I'm going to be honest. I have misread that as Chansey three different times already. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Pokemon are not canon in the Magic universe. Just to be clear. Oh, oh, the next Yet. section is the Armada comics. Go for it. Yeah. So the next section is the Armada comics, which introduced, you know, like we said. One new plane, but let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine new planeswalkers. Uh, what is the best way to organize these? Um, Sages of Minerod. There are five of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember who is who. It's Altair, top, top four. Grenfell. The top four are Sages, okay. I believe. Uh, I, I know uh, Ash Warlord Emberek is one. He, he's the, the red member. He is... Uh, He's an elemental with a volcano as a head. Uh, Liana is the black member, right? She's a shapeshifter. I think she's... Yeah, she might be the black-aligned one. I don't remember which one Grenfell Moore is. He's the he's the blue old guy. Jared Carthalian's grandfather. He, he's the really old guy? Yeah. Yeah. Altair is the white? The white-aligned, yeah. So I don't think it's perfectly color-balanced because it's Altair. Maybe it isn't. Emberic. Well, Christina of the Woods. Yeah, Christina's there, which is what throws it off. If you call Liana black aligned, it does it does work because you've got Liana, Altera Colony, Grenfell Moor, Christina of the Wood, and Ash Warlord Emberek. I don't think Liana was one. Ash Warlord Emberek is literally a walking volcano, so I assume he <laughs> yeah, he's great. Anyway, who cares? The Sages of Minarad are bad at. Historical everything. documents. Yeah. Uh, no, like, literally just bad at everything. Liana, I should note real quick, is maybe a planeswalker, because all the others were planeswalkers. Uh, but Liana never is ca actually called a planeswalker, nor does she cross planes, so we don't really know. I will say, uh, let's see, so uh, we have Farallon, who's in Ice Age number three and Chandelar number one. Uh, he's a planeswalker who's trying to escape the Shroud of the Twelve Worlds, succeeds, and then promptly gets murdered by a fairy dragon. <laughs> he's the, yeah. sent, it's, it's a great scene. Uh, sent by Keenan Sarmal, who is the uh, planeswalker protector of Chandelar. Uh, we have Soundru, who is... Um, is it the Anaba Minotaurs on Ogratha? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a minotaur uh, who, who becomes a planeswalker... Uh, and uh, dates um, 
Christina for a while before Taysir yeets him across the multiverse. Uh, and then we have Ravi. We don't know where she's from, but she is the one who rings the apocalypse chime on Ogratha, nearly destroying the plane, and uh, is eventually found by Baron Sengir and turned into Grandmother Sengir. So she is uh, one of the only planeswalkers who uh, had a card in the early days of magic, technically. We're listing her as obscure because she's under a completely different name in her card. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I do have um, a couple questions about where the line is for obscure because we don't have uh, Dak and Blackblade listed. Dak and Blackblade has a card under his own name and is well known. Like, everyone knows about the Blackblade. It was it was a major story point. But a lot of ago. people don't know that he was a planeswalker because he had a creature card. Uh, we also don't have Gaedron Dahada listed. Oh, Gaia Drone's a good one, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, she she is a... I don't, so, Planeswalkers are old... She's she's the Ursula Planeswalker. She's the Ursula Planeswalker. Yeah, basically. Like Ursula from Little Mermaid. Uh, she She's a villain. She steals Blackblade. She commissioned the Blackblade, yeah. Yes. Uh, and Ravidel is also not on here. Ravidel's another good one, yep. On my list, I just missed it because I'd been thinking about Ravidel. Yeah. Uh, the, he's, he's the battle mage. He, he dies as a human mortal and then gets revived and still becomes a planeswalker. It's a whole thing. Maybe has the Golgothian Silex, but maybe not. Starts a whole planeswalker war that we never see. Anyway, Armada Comics. Boom. <laughs> uh, the one we, we, you skipped over by accident is Eskil the White. Oh, From I did. the Fallen Angel comic. Eskil the White is, uh, a very benevolent white-aligned planeswalker and was Mangara of Corindor's mentor. At least that's listed as the rumor um, under some of Mangara's bio stuff. Uh, the Magic the Gathering video game Chandelar mentioned two planeswalkers, Arzakhan, who's the chief villain, the demon-looking dude, uh, and then a random, random, random NPC will offhandedly mention Arzakhan's rival, Yodin, in the game. Which again draws the line of like, is it technically a rival? Like, is, it's, it's also another Planeswalker, yeah? When you just, like, name drop a rival into, <laughs> yeah. into I, the I, I feel like it has to be, you know? Yeah. I, um, City of Brass, there's a short story in uh, Encyclopedia Dominia uh, with a uh, Planeswalker named Fatima, or at least she, she travels between planes, so we assume she's a Planeswalker. The novel Cursed Land uh, introduces four Planeswalkers, Tempe and her rivals, Krim, Platon, and the Thorn. Uh, we don't really learn anything more about any of these characters except <laughs> what we've mentioned already. Time, time for the my the my favorite part of the episode where Lorelai talks about distant planes, <laughs> one of the old Harbor Prism anthologies that I never shut up about. Uh, so we have four. We have well, we have three for sure confirmed planeswalkers and one person who is very strongly, heavily implied to be a planeswalker without basically any of the signposts that we've put up anyway so uh the word planeswalker only appears in one story falmer where we meet vram who is a uh a cursed human uh presumably from dominaria with a uh, golden skin and purple hair and she gets on a planeswalker duel and everything explodes and is she dead did she run away we don't know but she's very mean and i like her also she summons a big gigantic frog and it's good uh, there's Gerhardt, <laughs> who is an asshole. He summons this priest away from a monastery, and then his, like, adopted daughter goes looking for him. Uh, Gerhardt also, like, is fighting a planeswalker duel, and 
his opponent cast Demonic Tutor and Gerhardt casts a spell so that the connection to the Demonic Tutor, because there's just a demon who is the Demonic Tutor and it sucks him into the battle and it's a whole thing. Um, Gerhardt just causes a lot of destruction. Uh, a really good story. Uh, that was the story Dual Loyalties. Uh, in the story God Sins, uh, the main character is Rathrasa, who is this planeswalker who's existed for thousands of years and is very tired of being an omnipotent, omnipotent god and settles down on this little island in Dominaria, uh, which he comes to learn is his home island. And they think it's he's like this deity of the island and uh, clashes with like the local religious people and comes to accept like, oh, I can actually just be the god of these people people and just understand that I am very powerful but I don't have to be like almighty powerful and uh it's a nice little ending and then they may be planeswalkers uh Joe Aaron from the story Shen Mage Slayer she engages in a planeswalker duel she never planeswalks anywhere but she does disappear and she doesn't like draw mana from anything and um she sort of summons things, and it's all very hazy. The big problem with this story is it's told from the POV of a regular mortal cat folk who doesn't understand humans, let alone planeswalkers. Uh, so we have a lot of, like, fuzzy, non-specific language, but she is pretty directly uh, pulled into a, like, challenged to a duel by another planeswalker. Um, so she's very likely a planeswalker. Uh, so then we jump out of the pre-revision era, and again, with that's the reason why we have a whole lot of maybes in everything we just talked about. But gosh, that's a lot of planeswalkers just from the first like four or five years of Magic, isn't it? <laughs> sure is. Uh, <laughs> to never hear from again. And, and, and like, yeah, like those are the only the ones that we didn't hear from. There's a ton that stuck around in the story too. And there are more I should note unnamed planeswalkers yep. that are just like a planeswalker did it. We never get a name. It's never a focal point of the story that I'm sure I've missed. Uh, there are a couple unnamed planeswalkers I'm going to include, but yeah. Yeah, Falmer, Dual Loyalties, and Shen Mage Slayer all have unnamed planeswalker adversaries that are very minor characters. That They exist. We don't know who they are. Uh, so in the novel Planeswalker, there is uh, Meshuvel who is Urza's mentor when he first learns to planeswalk, but then she gets scared of his power stone eyes and tries to trap him in a time pit, which he escapes. Uh, there's also a meeting on that plane I mentioned called Gastal, a wasteland, that has a random pavilion there. Well, the pavilion is a planeswalker named Manatarka in disguise, and she gets <laughs> killed by a fireball. And so her entire existence in canon is she's the pavilion planeswalker. Uh, in the novel The Thran, there is Magic's uh, first explicitly uh, black woman planeswalker, Dyfed, who is a member of the Thran. She ends up getting killed by, uh, I think, well, she gets experimented on by Yogmoth as he tries to find the planeswalking organ. Um, and I think Rebecca ends up uh, killing her in order to free her from his experiments. There's also Phyrexia's unnamed creator. There's a dead corpse of a planeswalker in the shape of a uh, metallic L dragon. L on her forehead. <laughs> uh, in the shape of a metallic wow. dragon uh, that we don't really learn anything more, but he created the physical world of Phyrexia, which then Yogmoth moved into and perverted. Uh, in the novel Future Sight, we learn that Bolas dueled a being called a planeswalker that we only know as the demonic Leviathan. 
and that's where the Talon Gates in Madara on Dominaria come from. In Agents of Artifice, there's a planeswalker named Beltrice, who is not very nice, doesn't like Jace. She's the one who burnt down Nashi's village, everybody. If you remember Nashi, the, the, <laughs> nice, the nice rat folk uh, that Tamiyo uh, takes in, Beltrice is the one who burnt down his village. There are also a few other unnamed consortium agents. There are like three or four other planeswalkers that we know exist, but we never see or never named. It's a shame Baltrice dies, but uh, at least she returns in the sequel novel, Test of Metal. Sweet Jesus. Another damage dealing spell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm in physical pain right now. Now, Jay, I'm interested why you put the purifying fire on here with the... So the purifying fire has a has a planeswalker named Heliud, or UD, not Heliod, the god on, uh, what, what plane do you call it? Theros. <laughs> uh, but there's the Order of Heliod, and uh, there it's implied that it was uh, created by a planeswalker named Heliod. Uh, well, and... well not, not, not to be a hipster, but I call it Arcos. <laughs> Gideon's mentor's mentor is also mentioned as being a planeswalker. Uh, this is potentially important because Gideon comes from a plane uh, with a god named Heliod, uh, and his mentor has statues of Heliod everywhere, and it's it's a whole thing that we're not going to get into. That's a theory crafting that we put down a long time ago, and we'll just let it go. Just want to note that Jay is just being extra squirrely because he doesn't want to break his... Uh... Uh, what should we call it? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There's no Theros Beyond Death has come and gone. Like there, <laughs> if if it was going to get uh, re- revealed anytime soon, it would have been there. Uh, if it is a reveal to reveal, you don't you don't have to talk about it. You don't want to break your NDA. We understand. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, in the Planeswalker's Guide to Alara, so in the background of Alara, uh, there is a Planeswalker named Crucius who is the Sphinx who created Ethereum on Esper. Uh, in the Spell Thief, the Dakfade and IDW comic, the planeswalker that he um, works very hard to finally defeat, who slaughtered his village, her name is Sifa Grent. She's a planeswalker from Grixis that is a result of... Um, I can't remember the name of... What is the demon dragon Malfagor. Malfagor, yeah. Malfagor was doing, like, torturing humans on Grixis to see if he could make... Uh, one of them a planeswalker and steal their planeswalking in order to challenge Bolas. It, it, it didn't work for him. There is a article by Matt Cavada, who has been on and off the creative team at Wizards of the Coast for a long time, where he names two planeswalkers from Dominaria, Mazrath and Tessabic, who are like school, old school friends. So I'm including them on this list. Uh, it's an online article. You can go and read it yourself. Uh, the game Duels of the Planeswalkers 2014 featured a bolus minion named Ramaz, who uh, was responsible for the Dragon Scroll coming to Chandra's attention in the first place, kicking off the story of the Purifying Fire and later Zendikar. Uh, Duels of the Planeswalker 2015 introduces five Planeswalkers. There Look is at, Carrie's well, favorite. Okay, sort of. It re- mm, mm. Sort of. <laughs> sort of and associated fiction oh okay there we go and associated fiction so uh there were two stories the hunter cannot pity which introduces a planeswalker named vronos who is from innistrad but goes to esper and gets a bunch of ethereum stuff 
there's also a story called Monster, where a planeswalker referred to as Icy by Garrick gets killed. So Vronos and Icy both get killed by Garrick. Justice for Icy. Uh, in the expansion, Garrick's Revenge for Duels of the Planeswalkers 2015, uh, three planeswalkers sent by Vronos come after you that you kill one after the other. There's Grinth, who is an illusionist knight, Boragor, who's a necromancer, and Kento, who is an Orochi spirit mage. In Commander 2017, we got a series of cards, uh, that feature someone who's referred to in world building stuff as the unluckiest planeswalker. So we're counting him. What is the what is that cycle? The curse. It's just the curse cycle. I'm trying to remember what what the name Worthos Twitter had a whole big discussion and gave him a name. And I can't remember what it, it was. Because like... he looked he actually looked like one of the pro players for that season after it came out. Was it like Brody or Chaz? I don't remember. <laughs> it's a generic white guy name. Yeah. He he's he looks like the kind of person who would call Theros Arcos. <laughs> uh and just one more. One more. Are y'all ready for this? Yeah. War of the Spark Ravnica, uh, between the card set and between the card set War of the Spark and the novel. Uh, had a whole lot of unnamed planeswalkers who get desparked and killed, but named exactly one of these randos, and that name was Kazi. And wasn't that only in the web fiction and not in the actual book? It might have just been in the web yeah. fiction. Yeah, so I have it's to like go back especially, yeah. especially yeah. weird to have named it there, but whatever. Well, the the web fiction took place from a, a different POV, so Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, they they it was meant to add a few things, like a few little details for yeah. people who I'm I'm read trying both. I'm trying to remember I I think the only other planeswalker we got even significantly described at all was a Viashano who gets immediately murked. Um, there is hold on I can I can I can uh, I can name I can describe them for you. No, it's okay. <laughs> I don't need to. I can, yeah, on on my list <laughs> I, I've I've got a bunch of descriptions. Basically, there's like a four-armed ogre. There's some humans. There's an elf, a couple of Vidalkin, the the Viachino, um, and then a whole bunch that are not described at all. So that's it for our uh, obscure planes and planeswalkers. We've probably missed things. I'll say it right up front. We probably missed things. I definitely missed things. Uh, putting together this list that we caught as we went through the episode. And I editing. caught you on three. Yeah, I know. I am just... I'm, <laughs> like we I'm said terrible. at the beginning, there are some pieces of magic fiction that I have read a lot more thoroughly than other people. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Let's move on to final thoughts. Uh, my final thought is check out this Thursday, March 25th, when our preview card for Strixhaven comes out. Strixhaven preview star. I'm so excited. It's the most excited I've ever been for a magic set. It is, I think, my best work ever. Uh, writing creative text. Can't wait. Uh, my actual final thought is just, I, I really love deep cuts. And this this isn't an episode for people who love deep cuts. Uh, you're never hearing any of these names outside of our podcast, probably. Uh, and some <laughs> most of these names you're not hearing anywhere else besides this episode. Like... I don't know who gets... We make Manitarka jokes every now and then. I mean, I talk about Ram all the time because I love her, but like... Parcher jokes. This, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we really only had partridge jokes last last week, whenever it was recently. But like, I I I love deep cuts like this. Uh, I hope Modern Horizons two gets like a quote or maybe like you know like which of these characters might get a card? Who knows? Probably none. We have, <laughs> more, we have more important uncarded planeswalkers to get to first. But like, I, I if you had told me this time last year that call time was going to be a magic set i would have said no never yeah occasionally having foreknowledge is hilarious because you're like even if i told people about this they think i was just making up i'd be making up fake spoilers <laughs> yeah and that's call time was one of those times i don't know what kind of loser would make up fake spoilers in the first place so <laughs> the worst the worst of them carrie just somebody who has absolutely no respect for the integrity of Magic the Gathering. Oh, Carrie. Brian, final thoughts? Let's see. What, what do we got here? Uh, nope, nothing here. Uh, let's go <laughs> Were with, we checking uh... the live listen chat? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final thought is, hey, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming out tomorrow. I'm super excited. Oh, yeah! And also... Uh, Batman vs. or not Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, Zack Snyder Cut is out. So Surprisingly good reviews on it. Like, not yeah. amazing, but definitely night and day better. Yep. So, enjoy those things. My final thought is, I just feel ashamed of this episode. We apologize to all of our listeners. We forgot the planeswalking baby from the one Guilds of Ravnica story. No! It's wow. not a planeswalking baby. Just when everybody forgot about it. Wow! <laughs> not a planeswalking baby. It disappeared. Didn't Joaron disappear? Checkmate. That's entirely fair. Con- that is a check and <laughs> Wow! That's not a check and mate. There are other context clues in there. <laughs> uh if you two like context clues in your fiction you can head to patreon.com slash the vorthos cast and help support this show today that segue doesn't make any sense but it doesn't need to because we make a show and you like it and uh we appreciate that a lot and we appreciate everyone who supports us on patreon which is why we have a whole discord server for you folks to hang out and chat like i said we're Right about to head into Strixhaven previews, which is like the most active and exciting time on on that server. Everyone is going to be talking Strixhaven and world building and characters, and we'll see what else we get in that set. So if you want to get in on that Vorthos charged action, you can uh, donate today and get in that server. You know what we didn't even mention? Magic Legends open beta begins the week this podcast comes out. Wow. A lot going on next week. Okay. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos cast. No, that sounded, I thought we can't, I just sounded, I'm not dismissive of Magic Legends. It's just, there's so many things and there's so many names dropped in this episode. Anyway, yeah, y'all are great. Thanks. You, you rock. Listeners, good. <laughs>